Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. What's going on, everybody? Miami Clutch P on Twitter. Follow me and follow you right back. And then following him, we got Mr. Jake Wild. Say what's up to the people, Jake. Yo, what's good, Heat Nation? You can catch me out on Twitter at Wild Thoughts. E at the end of Wild, two S's at the end of Thoughts. And then following him, it's not Jimmy Butler himself, but still someone just as fun to have on the pod, Mr. Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy. Hey guys, sorry to disappoint anybody, this isn't the real Jimmy Buckets, but this is Jimmy Buckets with four Z's on the end on Twitter, and give me a follow, I'll definitely follow you back, go heat. And then right after that, we got our female correspondent, Miss Angelina Martel, say what's up to the people, Angelina. What's going on, Heatverse the World, it's Angelina Martel, you can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martel with two E's for all your latest Miami Heat updates. So now, without further ado, let's talk about the most recent game for the Heat. Uh, Not too long ago, Miami did end up losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, snapping their winning streak. It was a very close game down the stretch, but after a few bad plays by the Heat, it resulted in a win for the Grizzlies. Um, How are we feeling? Who wants to start first? Flash? I'll go. Um, The Heat just... Specifically, the Heat guards weren't there that, uh, the other night. Like, they just weren't there. Uh, Goron ended with six points. None had five. Hero barely scratched 11. It was a quiet 11. He probably had, like, two, three points going into the fourth quarter. At least that's how it felt. And then the Kelly Olenek just get in foul trouble constantly. I don't... I barely saw any of him in the second half. It was, it was just a recipe for disaster when your guards can't really play that well. Um, you see Kendrick Nunn's going on a downward slope once again. And when you see when you look at the, the stat sheet between Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic over the last few games, they're kind of similar. And I find it kind of concerning that our 25-year-old point guard is playing just as bad as a 35-year-old aging point guard. 
that's kind of concerning to me. Uh, that's why I'm more worried about Kendrick Nunn than I am about Goran Dragic, because I know Goran will be fine. Somebody else that kind of disappointed was uh, Duncan Robinson. He he started off decent early on, but just missed a few, like a couple just wide-open shots, probably the most wide-open shots I've ever seen him get in his career. And maybe there's something to that little saying that maybe he was too open because, Jesus, I, I've i never seen the, seen the man get his own zip code and still miss. Like, it was just a weird thing looking at him. Jimmy's still doesn't doing Jimmy things. He, he dropped his 24-7 rebounds. His assist numbers are down recently, but that's nothing to worry about. Bam is coming back up, too. But late in the fourth quarter, you have guys like, you're supposed to have the ball in Jimmy's hands. And you had a bunch of pull-up shots, pull-up three-pointers when you didn't need three-pointers. And it was it was just a mess towards the end of the towards the end of the game. Goran was pulling up for threes. Tyler was pulling up for threes. Jimmy really didn't have an imprint in the end of the game, and that's kind of worrying. Bam, again, not showing up in the end of the game when, when he should. So I'm concerned, but not really. It doesn't affect me that much because I know what, after a little bit, after a little bit of practice, everybody will probably get back into rhythm. I know Jimmy isn't going to take a loss like this lately when we only scored 85 points. So I think we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then before I ask someone else to continue, um, I just want to say, keep in mind, this was like a back, this was a back to back, you know, and I know um, five reasons when I, when they tweeted that this was kind of a scheduled loss for the Heat. And to be honest, I kind of agree with that. You know, I feel like Miami can use this time to, you know, get some rest, you know, and just get ready for these next two games against Indiana. So with that being said, who else? Um, Jimmy, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I saw that five seasons or five reasons tweet as well and was going to bring that up. Uh, it did feel like a scheduled loss to me as well. I, I didn't expect Jimmy was going to play. Uh, I was happy that he did, but I didn't think that he was going to play heading into the game. Uh, I just think the whole team was tired. They've just been on a long run. I mean, we're, we're still 11 and 13 over the last – I mean, uh, yeah, we're 11 out of our last 13 over the last 13 games, and I think we're 15 uh, and 5 of our last 20. So it's still a good thing, nothing to worry about. We just Nobody really played good. Uh, I mean, Precious and KZ combined played 31 minutes and went one for seven combined shooting with only five rebounds, one assist, one block, and two points. And that's for both of them. Uh, they didn't play very well, either one of them. And our guard play was way off. Uh, Rogic, none, missed a ton of shots. Duncan wasn't his normal self. Butler still was Butler. And I thought Max Struess played really good. I'm not sure why we didn't play him more. Um, the time he was in the game, he played well. So I would like to see him play a little bit more, but I don't think there's any reason, anything for concern. I know Jimmy said that he feels fine and he's ready to go moving forward. So um, hopefully we'll get um, Ariza for at least one, if not two of the indie games, and Iggy back. And I'm not sure about Bradley, but hopefully we'll just get everybody back healthy and be ready to, to move on with the rest of uh, our schedule. Mm -hmm. Jake, what about you? Yeah, honestly, for me, uh, more of <clears throat> I, I kind of agree with pretty much everything that's been said. I think the problem last night we were we were just sluggish, um, and we had a lot of empty minutes. I know that was mentioned, but you know, KZ twenty one minutes, no points. 
Kelly Olenek, 18 minutes, two points. Dragic, 28 minutes, six points. None, 25 minutes, five points. I mean, that just doesn't get it done um, on any level. And it was one of those nights where, you know, if if any one of Dragic, Hero, Olenek, or Duncan just had a normal game, we would have won. I mean, we only lost by four, and everyone was pretty atrocious um, besides, you know, Bam and Jimmy. So, it, it, you know, it's a tough it's a tough L. Um, obviously, we don't want to lose to the Grizzlies, but there's definitely merit to the fact that it was a scheduled loss. I mean, having to go travel to Memphis, you know, I think overnight for coming from Miami and play that back-to-back, you know, they were just, they looked fatigued. So I'm, I'm definitely not worried about any of those games, anything that happened last night becoming a trend. Um, but, I, you know, there's a couple other things that I noted that kind of bugged me. Um, mainly at the end of the game, um, when DeAnthony Melton just went off and got four offensive rebounds, I mean, the man is 6'2", and he, he was out-rebounding Kelly Olynyk like crazy. Um, I think I, I took a note that Bam came back in the game <clears throat> with, with three minutes and 46 seconds left. I know he played 35 minutes last night, but you know, in a close game, we just got to put him back in earlier. I, I know that you know we don't want to overplay him, and it's a back-to-back. Totally get that, but I mean, with him coming back with less than four minutes, I mean, at that point, a lot of the damage had already been done. And Olenek was just getting torched. So I didn't love to see that. Um, but I, I agree with what, what, with what Buckets just said. I wanted to see more of Max Struess last night. And something that I think Spolster is actually very good at historically is sticking with the hot man. And if he sees a guy coming out there and he just doesn't have it tonight, usually he'll pivot mid-game and, and kind of put him back on the bench and, and go with the hot hand. Um, last night we didn't see that because if so we would have seen a lot more of Struess and a lot less of you know maybe KZ and potentially Olenek. Um, but you know no, nothing I'm too worried about. I do think that once we get Ariza back, that's a huge injection into our lineup. Um, I know a lot of Heat fans were kind of they were like, oh you know just 35 year old Trevor Ariza, but that's not that's not the way I see it. Um, he's got a ton of length and, and he reminds me a little bit of Iggy, but a better shooter. So I think there's definitely going to be minutes for him. Um, I think, unfortunately, for a lot of fans, I think the minutes he's taking are going to be KZ's. Um, and I think that KZ's going to have to earn his way back into it. But I do think, at least in the short term, Ariza is going to provide a nice boost on the perimeter D. And, you know, historically shooting, you know, above average from three. I think his last season he played for Portland, it was around 40% from three. So I'm expecting some good things. Look at, looking forward to seeing him against Indy, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, you know, let's let's hold off on the Ariza talk for now because that's something I feel like we could get deep into as we ha- progress with this pod. Um, so, but Angelina, what about you? How do you feel about this recent loss for Miami? Well, I have I have to agree with everything everyone said so far because they're all very valid points as to KZ not getting any points considering the amount of time he played. Oh, Lenick. Kendrick Nunn, and I agree with Buckets about Max Drews, like help being a key point in the game because he helped us. He helped tie the game at key points during like certain quarters, like when we needed it the most. So that I felt that was a big contributor as well. And um, there were a few things to negatively take away, although I mainly want to focus on the positive. But just two of the things that I, I also want to focus on was that 
I don't remember exactly who was inbounding the ball towards the end, but Spo could have and should have called the timeout at that moment to like save us some time and just better it strategize. It was Bam. Oh, okay, so Bam. He inbounded it to Butler, I believe, and that's when he fouled it, and they had to shoot free throws, and that put us down a couple more points. So I feel like that was a mistake that he hasn't made. He, it's not the first time he's made it, so I feel like the issue with that is like the masks. I know that's not really a valid excuse, but it's something. But And also, the point where I think Bam rebounded it, not rebounded, I'm sorry, inbounded it a second time, he passed it to Hero, and he kicked back and tried to attempt a three when he could have easily just stayed in range and maybe just made a simple field goal to tie the game. But that I feel like that also was another key factor as to why we lost. And even, again, going for three would have put us in the lead, and that would have been a huge moment in the game, like a game-changing moment, literally. And But if the game would have gone into overtime, I would have been okay with that because that could have been a time where we really show out and just improve from there but yeah of course our normal two players that always go all out for us jimmy and bam they showed out at all as always last night robinson had a pretty decent game but yeah those are the only real things that I can take out from it is just like you said and how like five reasons said i feel like this went this loss i'm sorry this loss was purposeful knowing it was back to back and that this is just it's just fuel for next time for Friday's game and just to prove ourselves. And, yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Joel, can we can we touch on that end of game se- like segment? Because I think there's a lot to take away from that end of game sequence, basically, the, oh, the last two minutes or so. Go ahead. I know, because I know when I was watching that, I was like, what the heck? So go ahead. This game was giving yeah, me gray there's, hair. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot to take away from that mo- those moments. First, we can start with the inbound pass at the very end where it was a design play to Jimmy Butler for a lob. I don't see a problem with the play call at all. And I'm, I don't know, there's probably people that are going to be in the chat or listening to this that are going to call me a SPO apologist. I don't think it's on SPO to call a timeout in that situation. It's about BAM's decision-making, about... Well, he could have just saying, the ball okay, the bob isn't there. You have a timeout in your pocket. Bam can call the timeout. I think it was into, on to Bam to call that timeout when he saw the lob wasn't perfect. The, I, I cannot, in good conscience, put that decision to not call a timeout on Spo. I think that's on Bam. Bam made a bad decision. Players are allowed to make bad decisions. They learn from it. He'll learn from it. And he'll get better. But I don't think Bam is not subject to be criticized because that was, to me, that was definitely on him. The other thing is you have, you're down by two, right? And you saw Goron, Tyler, and Jimmy take three pointers. That tells you that they don't want to go to overtime because they're tired. It's a back to back. They, they had, I can promise you, I have zero sources, but they, he had no interest going into overtime with the Grizzlies because they were spent. You could tell by the end of the game, they were totally spent. So not going to overtime, going for the win, and being okay with the result no matter what happens is probably what ended up happening in the end. And, yeah, that's what, that's my take on the end-of-game situation that happened the other night. And another thing to add on what you're saying about how it was sort of Bam's fault about that, Hero was wide open for one of those inbounds, and he chose to throw it to Jimmy instead. 
So I feel like Hero could have. It, it was a, it was a design play, yeah, and like like you said, it was on Bam. Bam needs to see. Okay, Jimmy's not there. Let me look at option number two. But Tyler he gets fixated there. on one person. Yeah, he gets fixated on just this one person. And sometimes Bam predetermines what he's gonna, what pass he's going to make. It happens a few times when he does the little, the slot pass off the top of the, not top of the key on the elbow for for a cutting man. And sometimes it gets turned over because he he predetermines whether he's going to do it or not. And I think that's a part of his game he needs to fix. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Like you said, players learn and they grow from their mistakes and he'll most likely take the the previous game against the Grizzlies. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. He'll take this game and look back at it and say, "What what do I not do next time? And so he'll grow from it and not just keep doing what he's doing, basically. Mm hmm Yep. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, it, it sucks to see the Heat lose like that. But, you know, moving forward, I mean, um, I have, okay, sorry about that. Um, I have high hopes for these upcoming two games against the Pacers. And one thing that I'm really hopeful for, um, we don't know about the status of this player just yet. But as Jake brought up earlier, Miami got someone new on the team in Trevor Reza. Now to all those who've been sleeping under a rock, Miami traded Myers Leonard and a 2027 second round pick, which is a 12 year old kid right now, for Trevor Ariza. So, you know, I have a lot of feelings about this um, certain, um, what's it called, acquisition for Miami. Mainly because I've always wanted Trevor Ariza on the Heat. There's just something about him that made me thought that this dude was like a Heat culture type of guy. Um, but first, let me ask you guys, who wants to talk about Trevor first? Let's see. I'll, I'll go and... Go ahead and throw my hat in the ring because I'm a huge Ariza fan. I've been I've been a fan of Ariza since the Rockets, the Blazers, the other 11 teams he's played on in the NBA. I think he holds a record for playing for the most teams. But I know the Heat have always, or not always, but at least a few years, been looking at Ariza. And I know Spo came out saying yesterday that you see, you know, that Ariza is a guy that they respected and liked forever, and thought that he would be a great fit. It's, yeah, as a part of the organization for what they're trying to accomplish in the short term, the long term. But he said that he thinks he'll be a big part. And I know that Bam and Jimmy have also come out and are, are very happy about getting Ariza uh, for for the three and D purpose. Uh, I know that over the last five years that um, uh, he's in the top five in uh, corner threes made, only behind PJ Tucker, uh, Danny Green, and Clay Thompson. He's made 382 corner threes the last five seasons. And seasons that I think he shoots around 40%. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, he, he's around a 40% three-point shooter. But his defense, uh, his experience, his leadership, I think it's a great pickup. I definitely don't think we're done and, and don't hope we're done. But I really, really, really like this pickup, uh, especially come playoff time. He's going to be a great addition to the good defense we're already playing. Uh, he has a 7-2 wingspan, which is incredible. Uh, his wingspan, Iggy's hands, Jimmy's, Jimmy's overall defense, and Bam's ability to play any position is really going to give people fits uh, come to playoff time. I can't wait to see it. So I, I think it's a really great pickup, and I can't see 
I can't wait to see what else we do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> the one thing you mentioned that's very crucial is his 7-2 wingspan. Um, that sounds like a guy that could probably uh, be a nice little KD stopper for us. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's something Pat Riley thinks about. I mean, I think subconsciously, you know, when Riley made the trade last year for, for Crowder and, and also Iggy, he's thinking, you know, if this team's going to go all the way, we need guys that can stop these great wings. You know, we're going to need a Giannis stopper. We're going to need, you know, if we get to it, a LeBron stopper. And it paid off. I mean, Iggy actually played great defense on LeBron um, and also part, for parts of the, the game's AD in the finals. So this Trevor Ariza acquisition reminds me of that, but it actually reminds me a little more of when we got Shane Battier. Um, just a really high IQ player that has been on a ton of teams and seen a lot. Um, obviously, you know, Ariza winning that ring in, I think it was 08 with the Lakers. So he's got that kind of experience, big game experience. And he, he's just good. You know, he's a classic 3 and D veteran. Um, he's never scored over 15 a game, but his impact, it's its pretty crazy how big of an impact he will have um, just in spacing the floor. Um, I do think that you know, eventually, if we don't end up trading Avery Bradley, I think to see a lineup of Avery Bradley, Jimmy Butler, Bam, Trevor Ariza, and you know, Iguodala, that's a that's a pretty gross defensive lineup. I mean, we're trying to put the clamps on it. Certainly, if you need to stop. Yo, imagine yeah, this. Imagine this. Game seven, Miami up by three, and you put that lineup out. You know, and you're Over. trying to get a stop. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. It's over. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, th- I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something Spo is gonna absolutely love. It's a, it's a nice new toy for Spo, so I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, it, uh, Trevor Ariza is a Spo type player. He's versatile. He can guard forwards. He can guard guards. He dude just does. Let me ask you guys a serious question: Because does Trevor Ariza does everything that Jake Crowder did last year? Doesn't he? Yeah, he, he takes off the boxes. He plays defense. He hits threes, and he drives in better than Jay Crowder. And so threes better, right? So I think it's a very nice acquisition. It's it's basically last year you touched on this. Pat Riley traded for Iguodala and Jay Crowder in mind to stop the best team in the league, which at that point was Milwaukee, and the trade got that done. We beat Milwaukee five games. Now the now the team in my, in Pat Riley's mind, I guarantee you, is Brooklyn, and having these players that can switch and do all these things is perfect. Because sure, you can put Bam on KD, and that worked out really well at some points when we saw when we played. But you can't have Bam on KD for forty eight minutes. You you got to have players that can switch in and out, and there's a seamless transition. You got to have. Trevor Ariza could guard any of the three of the big three of Brooklyn, just like Jimmy could guard any of the big three, and Bam can guard any of the big three. You need people like that. You need people that are versatile. They can guard one through at least one through four. Bam can do one through five, but you you guys know what I mean. So I I really like, and I think this Trevor Ariza thing, pick is very underrated. We only gave up we gave up Myers Leonard, which was for salary filler because we know he's not going to play a game in OKC. And you you know how Sam Presti loves his draft picks. Mm-hmm. He right now he's watching film of a twelve year old in the park, <laughs> and he's saying, "I'm going to get Playing that kid in the second basketball round." Basketball team putting up like freaking. He said, "I'm going to get that kid in the second round." 
Let's I go. That one. That one. Like, you, uh, yeah. So we we really didn't give up much for Trevor Ariza and Myers. Let's say Myers without without the situation that happened a few weeks, like a week or two ago. He's just not available because he looks hurt. Trevor Ariza is available, and that's what we need on this team: available bodies. One problem with us uh, against the Grizzlies was Iguodala was out. And Iguodala has been a big part of the defense, and he's a very good player that creates offense off, off of his defense. And we didn't have him. So the fast break numbers probably dwindled down there. So I think Trevor Ariza does things like that. Another point I want to touch on is Trevor Ariza, again, does Trevor Ariza is a better player to me than Andre Iguodala. He's a better all-around player. Um, the thing that puts Andre above Trevor in some perspectives are probably the locker room presence, the championship DNA, all you want to say. But as a player, I think Trevor Ariza is just as good and better because he can shoot the ball better. And personally, that's me. I don't think the Heat are into that because they apparently are very high on Iggy. I think that makes Iggy an expendable player in, a, in the trade. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Right. You know, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I've always loved um, Trevor Ariza. And for Miami to pick him up, you know, it's great. And one thing people probably should realize is that it's funny that you bring this up, Flash. Um, You know, what people should realize is that this situation that this dude on Ariza was in was kind of similar to what we saw with Iguodala. You know, like, both were traded to a team they had zero intention playing for. So they basically took the year, almost half a year off, basically. You know, Iguodala, when he was with Memphis, he took that time off, focused on himself. And he seemed to be in great shape when he was finally traded to Miami. And I view that same thing with, um, what's his name, Trevor Reza as well. Um, he He's actually been working out here in Miami throughout this whole thing. So, and if you see some of the pictures on Instagram with the trainers and all them, he seems to be in great condition. And it's because of that, like, I personally can't wait to see this guy in a heat uniform and see how, you know, how he's prepared himself throughout these past few months not being on an NBA court. So, you know, if you're a Heat fan out there and you're not really sure how to feel about having Trevor Reese on your team, you know, expect some big results. You know, I'm very excited about it, especially for his defense, his defensive presence, because as you guys brought up, the dude can play amazing defense. And, you know, I can't help but think about that lineup we brought up earlier where you got Avery Bradley, Jimmy... Um, who else? Um, of course, Bam, Ariza, and then Iguodala. You put all of them five on the floor. Like, that's going to be something crazy to think about. And, you know, one thing I want to say is that Miami isn't done. You know, if anyone out there who thinks, oh, Pat Riley only got Trevor Ariza and now he's done, he's going to go back to sleep or whatever, that's not true. There's more to this. Who is Miami going to get? We're going to find out. But the idea that Miami's going to stop with just Trevor Ariza is beyond ridiculous. You know, Pat Riley, he has his blueprint set up 
the same blueprint he had set up for when it was time to come up with the plan to eliminate Milwaukee last year. He's headed into that, heading into this trade deadline with the same mentality. But as you said, um, Flash, it's with a different team in Brooklyn. So now all Pat's doing is looking at his blueprint and seeing which other player he could put in the mix to help Miami compete with that Brooklyn Nets team come the playoff time. And because I bring this up, I do want to lead into the next question. Um, who do you guys think is that next player for Miami to acquire if they are to compete with Brooklyn come playoff time? Who wants to start first? Angelina, why don't you start? Okay, um, caught me off guard there. Um, well, there's a lot of different players that we have in mind. Obviously, we have Rudy Gay, um, Lonzo Ball. We were talking about, what's his face, Boogie Cousins. You caught me off guard, man. I'm trying to, like, process all these people. I'm sorry. Sorry, bro. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, those are all potential names. I think Kyle Lowry's in the conversation, too. There's just so many names. I can't think of them all right now. But there's a lot of different players that we could potentially bring to this team that could help benefit benefit us offensively and defensively. And you can't just think about, like, what the players can do for the team. You have to think about how well they're going to work with the rest of the players. You know, like, who, which player can benefit most from this player and how can they grow from, like the players right. currently on this team, like how can they adapt to their style, their playing, like how they do things in Miami basically, because different, there's obviously everyone, every player in the NBA has a different playing style. Like each one stands out from the next. So you just have to like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm sorry. It's just, I feel like our, a big name for us that would be beneficial to us maybe would be obviously Boogie Cousins, because, you know, he has the offense, he has the defense. And there's already been a lot of talk about how he's already coming to Miami or he can potentially come to Miami. And there is one more person who I will not mention because I'm not sure if it's official yet, but just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Flash, what about you? Right. I, I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over till my dying breath on March 25th. Victor... <laughs> Oladipo, yeah. he's right there. He just had 34 in a game. Oh, bro. He doesn't want to be there. Come on. Like, dude is what Miami needs. He, They need that scorer when, when there's an offensive goal. They need an extra set of hands for defense. He's an elite defender. He's so much better than these guards that we have. He, he would automatically be the best defensive guard on the team. Like, it's it's, it's really not that hard to me. I think earlier today, or I forget, either today or yesterday, they, they were talking about uh, Woj, that he said that Miami is definitely not done. And that to keep an eye on San Antonio or Houston. So, I could, my dream scenario is somehow swinging swinging Oladipo and getting to the buyout market for LaMarcus Aldridge. That's my dream scenario because I think it's, it's just an awesome, um, uh, awesome thing we can do with those two guys. I know Pat Riley has been in love with LaMarcus Aldridge forever. He had dinner with him when he had zero cap space just to talk with him. (laughs) So I thought that was great. Uh, So, but come on, like I, I don't need I need I don't need to get into the Kyle Lowry's or Rudy Gay's the uh, these people, man. Victor Oladipo, like 
open and shut. Think about it. If he we really wanted here, him, he would have came here already. We would have gotten him if he wanted to be here so bad. No, not not necessarily. I think Pat Riley waits to look at the entire landscape before making a deal. He's. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he made a deal this this much before the trade deadline. Yeah, he that's what I'm waits saying. Until exactly. the day of or the day before. He could have used that. He could have made that trade uh, to Depot, but instead he did. Not complaining though. Trevor Ariza is a great addition to our team, but. Mm-hmm. But he's under pressure. But Pat Riley was probably. Um, let's be honest. Pat Riley was probably under pressure. Sure, a lot of to, to deal away right Myers now. Leonard. Not to blame him, but no, mm-hmm. to deal away Myers Leonard. Why is that such a big deal? Though yeah, it's not that was probably. You know, um, but yeah, you know, real thing. You know, I want to like get off topic with it, but you know, while we're still on the topic of Oladipo, I mean, you know, I feel like we didn't get to give him as much hype in the last episode, so I just want to come out and say this. Um, you know, going back to what we said about Trevor Ariza, um, I heard this on the um, Five on the Floor pod from Five Reasons, and then Five Reasons went out and brought this up in a tweet. You know, Trevor Ariza, when he was in Sacramento, dude wasn't really playing his best basketball. However, when he was sent to Portland, things changed immediately. Bro was starting to bowl out there. And, you know, people want to say, you know what, Oladipo is this, Oladipo is that. I mean, like you said, he's managing to have good games in Houston. I feel like if you just simply put him in a place where he wants to play basketball at here in Miami, dude is going to bowl out. Like, I have high hopes in this dude that if he's put in the atmosphere he wants to be in, he's going to do as much as he can to succeed. So, for people who go out there and they're like, oh, well, Oladipo isn't going to really do much, you know, oh, he's injury prone. I feel like there's really more to it. Like, there's more to the story. And if he was to come to Miami, we'd see more than just what you're hearing from the media. And that, I don't know, well, do I think he could it's, play at an all-star uh, level if he comes to Miami? Uh, I'm not going to make a bold take and say definitely, but why not, perhaps? You know, so. That's like going off what I said last time. You know, some players don't always gel well with their teammates and it really just takes a trade or for them to go to another team to really work with different players in a different atmosphere and environment to really reach their full potential and play their best basketball. Exactly. You know, and, and there's people like, trying to sell themselves on Kendrick Nunn and acting like the gap is much closer than it is. There's a massive gap between Kendrick Nunn and Victor Oladipo. Exactly. Massive. Yeah. massive. So Oladipo. I don't, I don't understand Oladipo's not putting up all these points just for them to go on an 18-game losing streak. Like, I feel so bad for him, honestly. He's like, like, he wants he's like, to at, win. He, doesn't wanna, me, he clearly doesn't want to stay in Houston. Houston's down so bad right now. I'm so sorry. He's scoring all those points. He's saying, look at me, Pat. Look at me. Look what I can do. This is similar <laughs> to Bradley Beal, like, dropping, like, 40-plus points just for them to lose. Yeah. I know it's off topic with Wizards and all, but I mean, it's 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 relevant if you really think about it. Like he drops all those points just for them to lose right, in the end. It's not right. fair to him or the um or the team. So difference is though that Bradley Beal likes to suffer. Bradley Beal is a different breed. Yeah, he just likes to suffer. I know my boy Oladipo doesn't want to suffer. So you know, we got you, Vic. You know, we got your back, bro. This is He's a begging for please podcast. end the suffering. He's saying please respect. end the suffering. Uh, uh, honestly, so, I honestly could see Depot fitting better with the heat, with our scheme and everything, than maybe even a bill. Just because Depot's better on defense, Depot can steal as the big score. He, if we decided to keep either one, Depot wouldn't be as expensive. I mean, I don't I don't know. Depot is, a, is are they the same age or does 
they're right around the same age, right? Or is Depot older? I think Depot's 29. I think he's a couple years older. A couple years older. Yeah, I just like Depot. I know Depot's but, really yeah. good friends with Jimmy and Bam, and Depot is from here. And like uh, whoever else earlier was saying, I think with the new change of center, especially people he's friends with and a team he wants to play for, I think his numbers could only go up from what they are now, and they're already excellent. And again, they always say yeah, that and, and, Spo in the front office know when they spot a quote unquote heat culture guy. So it's like if they did, if they really like, I don't know how to put it into words, really, but if they they want Oladipo for a reason, not just because he's a great player. Well, that's like ninety five percent the reason why they want him. But the other five percent is he can he has like a great mentality. He can contribute a lot on and off the court. So it's just a matter of being a great team player and a great basketball player, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree um, with what you guys are saying. So looking at the available players and the realistic options, I do think right now the probable, the most realistic and best option for us is Depot. I just want to make sure that, and I think this is part of what we were saying earlier, let's just make it clear. Trevor Ariza acquisition has nothing to do with what our main targets are. It was just a move, hey, listen, we can get rid of nothing and get something. And so Pat Riley is going to do that every time. But going forward, um, right now we're in a little bit of a bind because a guy like Oladipo, he's actually he would actually help us on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think you know someone said earlier, oh, you know if we if we if he wanted to come here, he'd be here. I can promise you, Victor Oladipo wants to be here. So first off, funny funny tidbit, uh, my best friend that lives on Brickle in Miami actually saw Victor Oladipo over the off season coming out of the Chipotle in Brickle. And he came out and he got into a like, a like a nice van and the back of the van had a heat license plate. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what was going on with that. But I will say he's he loves Miami. He lives there in the offseason. Obviously, he's a guy that, you know, works really hard and wants to be surrounded with guys that do the same. So it's a perfect fit um, personality wise. I just would hope and I think what Riley's waiting on is, you know, in the beginning of the year, when you trade for a guy like Oladipo, you're getting a full year out of him. And then, you know, you never know if, if he's going to resign or not. And so Houston, at that point, the price was probably way higher for him. Uh, but obviously, once you get to the deadline, a team like Houston, which is not going to the playoffs, I think they've lost like 11 in a row or some crazy shit. They're, you know, they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and so now they're not going to the playoffs. He's a free agent. He's going to be gone after, you know, th- you know, two months, three months from now. Anyway, he's never playing for them again. So I, I think now the price naturally has depressed to the point where Pat Riley is probably going to pounce on him. Um, and I don't think he's going to have to give away too many assets. And I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, bringing in a guy that can play two-way that well, you know, he's going to be a 30-plus minute-a-game guy. And I don't think at this point, if you're talking about value for price ratio, I don't think we're going to do any better. Um, you know, that being said, he is shooting under 40% right now in his games with Houston. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of messing around. You know, he's the only he's taking 19 shots a game. Um, so naturally, just by, you know, getting better looks and taking less shots here, that, that, that'll go up. So I really like that option. And I hope we I really hope we get that done. Um, but not, you know, I guess plan B. I've heard, you know, a ton of names like a Lowry or, you know, like Alonzo Ball and just type types of guys like that. I think that the most likely option, even potentially more likely than Oladipo, is, is what Clutch said. Um, with Flash said, my apologies. <laughs> I think we're gonna go and, and go ahead and try to attack Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, you know, like we said earlier, you know, Pat Riley has, you know, 
very few players have had the privilege of getting a, a, a you know private meeting with Riley where he dumps the rings on the table and you know we had like like we said before we had no cap so obviously Riley loves Lamarcus Aldridge and for good reason um you know he's only averaging and 13 half points a game yeah the respect is absolutely mutual so I think that you know I, I don't believe he's going to end up getting traded um I think he is going to get bought out ultimately because his value just isn't great um and I definitely can see you know even though, you know, usually the buyout market teams, you know, you would expect like the Nets to get another guy, maybe the Lakers or Clippers. But I think that a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge really would want to come here most. Um, and, they, and I could they see also him. also don't have the salary fillers in a trade, the big name contenders like that. They wouldn't be able to. He's probably going to get bought out because we're one of the few people that can afford to trade for him. Really, he'd like to match salaries in a trade. So I, I'm thinking he will get bought out. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. The math doesn't work with a lot of these teams. And I think we, we ended up, I think I saw a couple times, our, our offer was something like Harkless, Avery Bradley, and I don't even remember, just some other filler. Um, Myers Leonard, he was part yeah. of the do. <laughs> there we go, Myers Leonard. So, I mean, I, I think that if that was our if that was what we were sticking at, um, we have all the leverage because he's going to end up getting bought out. So I think that Pat Riley will do the smart thing and wait. And then, you know, we could get, get a guy to – probably come off the bench and play 25 minutes a game and, you know, provide scoring almost every night. And it would be a really refreshing, it would be very refreshing to see some LaMarcus Aldridge minutes take over some Kelly O minutes. I do oh say so God. myself. Yes, heck yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, <laughs> so you, you mentioned this, huh? Uh, Pat Riley's like a lion. He's just, bite, he's just biding his time. He's waiting, waiting for the right time to strike. Just draw these players. And that goes for Oladipo and that goes for... Aldridge, he's waiting for that buyout, and he knows, just like I said before, the respect is mutual. Best believe that he, if not at the top, he's right there in the top three of the of the team he's going to be with. Mm-hmm. So then, real quick, moving forward, um, is there any other names that you guys want to bring up real quick? Because I actually do want to get a game for us to play. So any other names you want to talk about, or is it game time? Uh- I've got I've got a couple. Um, I know one that we haven't talked about or been brought up has been Harrison Barnes as a potential uh, target for us to go after. And also, I know you've heard this too, Joel, and said you didn't want to float it out there until you heard anything else. But I, I've read a few more things about people uh, saying stuff about Norman Powell. But I, I don't know if that's somebody we could get. But if we could, geez, he's on a, he's on a tear. Without uh, you know, Toronto's kind of depleted and they're having to play him a lot. But he's on a tear. But uh, him or Barnes, I, I just those are two names that I hadn't heard. But other than that, I think everybody else that I've heard has been uh, addressed. All right. So the problems with Barnes is the years on those contracts. Yeah. yeah. I would rather spend the money elsewhere, wait for somebody like, or, or use it on somebody like Collins, or wait for somebody else. I think. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. I think Ariza is just an older Barnes that is longer arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So then, aside from that, any other names or is it game time? I'll take the silence as, yep, I'll take the silence as a yes. So, I broke the silence, don't worry, Joel, I got you. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into this game. So earlier today, I posted a tweet. I said, let's see who can see the future. Drop a trade you think the Heat is going to do come the trade deadline, and we'll look back to see if you can get it on the nose. Now, 
I got a few interesting responses to this. So because of that, we're gonna do something fun today, and I call it drum roll, please. We're gonna do something called grade that trade. So the way how this works is that these people put some random trades um, ideas, and we're gonna look into it, and y'all are gonna give me your takes on it. Some of them are very intriguing. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't are wait. They, to are they do this. Twitter, Joe? Yeah. So yeah, this was. For <laughs> are you going to attach trades. the names to these trades? Oh yeah, I won't attach names to this because some of these trades are wild. So let's get started <laughs> with the homeboy Victor Oladipo. So someone posted that Miami should acquire Victor Oladipo, but Houston should get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and Casey Akpala. How are we grading that trade? I don't. I don't really like that trade, to be honest. I, mean, I don't think. I don't think <laughs> it's terrible. I'm giving that. Yeah, I'm giving that around a C, maybe C minus, only because I mean we're gonna need Avery Bradley and and Kelly O. I mean maybe not Kelly O, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's a, that's a lot of value to give up, and I do think there's there's probably better ways to acquire Oladipo. Um, I would love to keep Bradley if possible, so I think that's kind of why I give it a C. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said Bradley, Olenek, and KZ. Yeah. For all the deep. I mean, <laughs> I, I might have the unpopular take here. That's an A plus for the Heat. What did he say? For, for the for the Houston Rockets, that's awful. Because I mean, I'm 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 oh, sorry, but that's an A plus. That's an A plus so, I mean, for I the Heat. So. Wow. Okay. What are you giving up? You're giving up Kelly Olynyk. He stinks. Uh, You're I'm giving up KZ. He doesn't play. He's he doesn't play consistent offensive minutes. And then Avery Bradley. You're getting the same thing, maybe a notch, a notch down in defense from Victor Oladipo than you're getting from Avery Bradley plus all the scoring. That's an easy as I'm sorry. That's an easy A plus for the Heat. That's an F for the Houston Rockets. Okay. I, 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 kinda, I mean, looking I kinda, back at it, it says six decreased predicted wins for um for the Rockets and then plus six decreased. I mean, increased wins for the Heat. So I mean. I guess. Well, that's just because I mean, we're giving up. We're, that's just because we're giving up three for one. Those those are never kind of accurate. Yeah, the the projected win thing is kind of broken. Yeah. Oh well, either way, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I give it. I give that trade like a B minus. I would probably give it a a B plus if if I would rather. Would y'all rather if maybe we could do like maybe a nun and a Kelly or a nun and a Casey? I'd rather like give up players include none because I believe Oladipo would take none's place. So I'd like to see none somewhere in that. Um, as far as Bradley being in it, none, I mean, Oladipo kind of replaces none and Bradley in the guard rotation. Kind of, I mean, pretty much. So, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I love this. I mean, y'all literally picked a different grade. I mean, you got clutch. I mean, you got flash giving this an A. You got um, Jimmy Buckets giving this a B, Wild giving this a C, and then Angelina giving this a D minus. So I said a C minus, not a D minus. Oh, I, heard I didn't say D minus. I said C minus C range. Listen though, you're talking about you, you, we talked about this closing lineup situation with uh, we we talked about Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza, Ag Bam, Jimmy. Take out Avery Bradley and put Victor Oladipo in there. Come on. I mean, if you really think about it, you can give him filler players that would equal Avery Bradley. Like, by saying, like, what I mean, you can put Mo Harkless and Chris Silva in that trade to, re 
replace them. Like, get rid of players that we don't really need, you know? Okay, like, but Houston, Houston isn't going to take our garbage. That's just the, the fact of the situation. They're not going to take our garbage. They're going to take value because I know it's the trade deadline and the value is down. It's a, w, it's a W for the Heat and an L for Houston because they're, we're giving them our leftovers. Yes, and you're trying to you're trying to get us to you're trying to get us to add more leftovers. And no, I'm just Houston trying to get us that, to add more not players that to equal the value of one player. That's all I'm saying. Houston already got fleeced once on this hard deal, which involved Villadipo. Yeah. So I don't know if they want to get fleeced again. And also, they did try to include. I heard either Duncan or Hero uh, for Tucker, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I know, oh, I know y'all probably you want to give up Hero too. and Robinson. That's unheard of. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they they were trying to get, <laughs> they were trying to get one of them for Tucker. So I mean, I I could only imagine what they're gonna try to ask for for Oladipo, but the clock is ticking. So mm, so yeah, but you know, let's now get into the next one. I love that um, dialogue y'all had going, Flash and Angelina. I love how y'all was really getting into that one. <laughs> let's <Get> see. <laughs> I personally am not a big fan of this trade, but let me see what you guys think about this one. And this is another Oladipo trade. Miami gets Victor Oladipo, and Houston gets Duncan Robinson and Andre Iguodala. F minus. F minus. <laughs> Straight F. You don't, F-. You don't hold off. We, we, one of the reasons, apparently, we didn't get Harden was because we didn't want to include Duncan. So if we just include him now for Oladipo, it's, it seems pretty silly. And, you know, we need Duncan just as bad as we need anyone on this team. Like, if... We're going to get back to the finals. We need him playing at a high level and stretching out the Ds. So, yeah. Hey, wh- whoever, made, whoever made that trade scenario, Miami Clutch P on Twitter. we got to have a conversation. <laughs> so, we're, Respect. so are we just giving this an F- minus, or does anyone have a different Throw, throw the whole trade away. Throw it away. That's, Jimmy, that's, so that's, 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 no, that's god-awful. That's god-awful. Right. J- Jimmy Buckets has no take. I feel like, I feel like it could have been it's a joke, awful. but at the same time, not a joke. Wait, that's not even an F. I'm sorry. That's like in class. You get a zero. That's not even <laughs> The teacher just rips up your work and throws it away. You get in-school detention Jesus. for that one. <laughs> no you hand the, you, you hand the paper back to them. You hand the paper back to them and make them redo it. Shoot, y'all roasting the heck out of it. See, this is why I said I was not going to At least we're not name. adding them. At least we're not adding Yeah, at least we don't have a name. Yeah, Joel, that's... I might ask you for the name later, but that's something. That's another conversation. <laughs> All right, so the next one. For Kyle Lowry, someone asked if we could trade him. I mean, we could trade for him, and in return, we give Olenek Bradley none and a second-round pick. What do we feel about that? I a plus. That's a, that's a great trade right there. But, I mean, Toronto... B plus, A minus. Kyle Lowry is such a Toronto guy, and I know there's talks of him getting moved, but I don't think they're in the... They're not in the business of trading him for a bunch of garbage. Not not saying that that package was straight garbage, but, I mean, I, I just don't see that actually being an executed trade, but if we could do it, that's a, that's a big A plus. Mm-hmm. I give that like a B plus, A minus, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll stick to a B plus. Uh, it, it's a solid, it's a solid trade. All right, and then what about you, Jimmy? It's a reasonable trade. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm B plus A on that. If, if they would do it, I know they just came out and said that they're not trading Lowry and he's not in talks. But the few days before the trade deadline is always smoke screens here, smoke screens there, so you never know. 
Um, but yeah, that's a good yeah, trade. That sounds, I would, I would that sounds exactly cool. like what it's a team. That, that sounds exactly like a team that would that would be trading him would say. Like, of yeah, course exactly, they're going to say right? that. Yeah. Oh, we're not moving Chris Paul. Oh, <laughs> CP3. We're not moving Ben Simmons, but yet they offered Ben Simmons. Houston's so, Houston silly, and Houston's going to end up with absolutely nothing. All right, let's let's keep it going. So some of these trades honestly are unrealistic. Like some of them have. Miami offering like literally a bag of chips like yeah some of these people really <laughs> let's let's hear this one out real quick I don't know well you know what maybe this one might work um this one seems okay this one I'm reading perhaps uh so you got the Spurs they're acquiring Kelly Olynyk and Mo Harkless and then you got Miami who's receiving Rudy Gay and Luca Samancic. That's an A plus. Yeah. You're getting rid of Kelly Olynyk. That's an A plus. Animal <laughs> <laughs> Harkless. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man pops in every now and then. It's like, oh yeah, I still play for this team. I feel like whenever we, they put Mo Harkless in, everyone's like, whoa, Mo Harkless is playing because it's like so unheard of that like he's actually like on the court doing something productive for the team. But yeah, yeah. I feel like yes. just getting rid of filler players in general is just like good for me because it removes space on the bench for potential players that could actually benefit something to this team so that trade is like an a yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm like this this, is this i think they value semantics too much that they drafted him for a reason he's a good player he'll be a good player Mm -hmm. yeah he is good and also like Maybe I'm in the unpopular opinion. I, I don't think the Spurs would do that trade, but I also don't love, love it for the Heat. Um, Rudy Gay is still good. He seems a little bit duplicative now that we got Trevor Ariza. They seem like very similar players. And, and then when you already, you know, we're already talking about having Iggy, you know, Rudy Gay is probably the best shooter of the three. So that's intriguing. But I think if, if we were to trade Kelly for Rudy Gay, it would have to accompany another move that brings in another big man. Not that I'm, you know, in love with Kelly O, but he does play the role of, you know, when Bam's on the bench, he's the five, and we don't have anyone else on the roster. I mean, maybe Precious, but I, I wouldn't trust him with big minutes in the, in the playoffs. So if we were to do that, we'd have to bring in someone else. Um, I think someone earlier mentioned Boogie, Boogie Cousins. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very anti-Boogie Cousins guy. I used to love him, actually. He's, my, he's one of my favorite players ever. Uh, but the man is shot. And he, he is shot, shot. Like, I don't know if you guys are watching too much of Houston's Houston's games this year, but, you know, they would torch DeMarcus Cousins on the pick and roll. He, he can't move laterally at all anymore. Um, so he's he's a bigger liability on defense, believe it or not, than Kelly O is. So, I mean, we would have to have a secondary move if we were going to do that to bring in a big man. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Dedman, free agency. Right. Yeah. Some of these traits that are being shown to me, I mean, some of these are unrealistic specifically because because some, like I said, some of these um trade um ideas are really unrealistic. I mean, someone put Depot for Bradley and KZ. I mean, you know, there's a thing called salary, y'all. I don't know if y'all heard about it, but yeah, that's not going to work. You know, maybe if we could try trading KZ for LeBron, perhaps. But we'll we'll talk about that in another episode. Anyways, 
So here's a really good one. I feel like this might get an A from all of you guys. You got Kendrick Nunn, Mo Harkless, and Kelly Olynyk for Victor Oladipo. What do we think? A plus scholarship. Yay! <laughs> Yay! He did it. That guy did it. Yeah. It's it's A all around. Maybe if you, I, I would be okay adding maybe a second, a couple seconds in there. I'm good. Okay. That that guy. That guy wins a guest spot on the next T versus the World podcast. That's a hey. <laughs> yeah, shout outs to you, um, Sosa Biscayne Bam. Because you actually did a trade we all liked, we're gonna give you that shout out. Like yeah. you know, we don't we don't gotta hide you from anything unlike someone else yeah. who just brought a trade. Unlike like that guy, you know who you are. Reading from all of us, then they Duncan Robinson and Iguodala. I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to Grade That Trade. We'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. So now that that's over, we're back to Heat vs. The World. So now we're back to Heat vs. The World, and we're finished the episode of Grade That Trade. Is there anything else we should talk about, or are we ready to call this an episode? I just got one more thing to say. Jim VP. Keep keep spreading keep spreading the, the Jimmy We are starting MVP a campaign for Jimmy Butler to win the most push, valuable player NBA award. Push the narrative. For keep sure. pushing the narrative. Ride this train until the tracks fall off. Spread this spread this freaking campaign like Rona. Come on now. That's why. Wow comparison. Hey man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But you gotta, you gotta, hey, you gotta push this train. You gotta push this narrative. Choo choo, you know? Push this train. Word, words, words to my boy Brendan Tobin from 790. He knows what I'm talking about. Push this narrative. Jim Z. All right. So, with that being said, it looks like we covered everything. So, with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. For more Heat vs. The World content, follow us on Twitter at Heat vs. The World underscore. And if you ever see someone walking down the street, go up to them and tell them that Jimmy Butler is going to be the MVP this season. Aside from that, thank you all for <laughs> tuning in. Have a good day. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. We out. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. The World podcast. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.